Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. How does an event involving white people exclusively become about race? Well, it's a very good question, and it's on full display in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Derek Hunter of townhall.com says you'll go crazy seeking logic in leftist thinking. Just realize they will do anything to get what they want. The ultimate ends justify the means people. Joy Reid and and other dim bulbs on the left, Jeffrey Tubin among them, have expressed varying degrees of one of the most popular lines about the Rittenhouse case with the left at this point. Here's Joy Reid on MSNBC, who, of course, MSNBC was just banned from the courtroom, by the way, by the judge in this case. Here's Joy Reid on this. Earlier today, the teenager accused of murdering two men and wounding a third in Kenosha, Wisconsin last year, took to the stand in his own defense. And the circumstances are almost built for an actual CRT course. The white, now 18-year-old, faces an almost entirely white jury of his peers, with the exception of one black man. Dream with me, Paul. Could any child of color, young person of color, ever, 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 ever do that on a stand and get away with it? Uh, you already know, <laughs> Joy. Of course not. This is white privilege on steroids. That's a dumb take. <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, it's very common. Ca- cable news is riddled with people thinking they've somehow stumbled into something really unique who collectively belch it out like it's the first time who those words were ever strung together did you hear the answer from that question it's from georgetown law professor paul butler and he told joy reed here that the rittenhouse trial was quote white privilege on steroids okay first of all uh, mental note don't let my kids attend Georgetown Law, right? But but how in the world is that the case? How is it white privilege on steroid steroids? It it doesn't matter. Leftists have have to prove they they just don't have to prove their allegations. They just have to make them. Ironically, if if Kyle Rittenhouse and the the people he shot were black, none of these overpaid virtue signaling frauds would have noticed or or even said anything about the case. Three people being shot, two fatally, is just another day that ends in Y in Chicago, and, and not a single one of them can be bothered to give anything about that. So the media coverage of, of the Rittenhouse trial is a peek into the mind of fascism. They have only told their their audiences what they want them to know. Now the trial is exploding everything, everything else. In an attempt to cover up their past lies, they're now changing the subject to be about race. If if Kyle is acquitted, as, as he should be, it won't be because of facts, it won't be because of evidence, and it won't be because of testimony. It will be 
thanks to white privilege, according to them. Rittenhouse is guilty, no matter what, in their eyes. It's just a matter of whether or not the skin color gets him off. It, it fits the left's narrative about the country, which tells you a lot about them. But it doesn't fit reality in this country, which tells you even more about them. <laughs> Tucker Carlson commented on this. He said, part of the reason the Rittenhouse trial is just so interesting is because the facts are so different from what we've been told for more than a year. Completely different, in fact. And it's shocking to compare reality against the version of uh, reality we've been force-fed. Here's one example. Just days after Rittenhouse was first arrested, he was back in, in, in August of, of 2020, a pro-censorship organization called PolitiFact published what is called a fact check of the case. In a, a posting on its website, PolitiFact claimed that Kyle Rittenhouse had committed a crime by carrying a firearm in the state of Wisconsin. Here's the quote. Quote, it is against the law in Wisconsin for someone younger than 18 to possess a dangerous weapon, period. Unquote. Now you notice in that statement, complete unwavering certainty. And this is common for, for PolitiFact, which issues opinions like their edicts from God himself and they do this because the social media companies use PolitiFact edicts as a, a pretext to, cursor, to, to censor any speech online that contradicts the official line of the Democratic Party, the, the so-called narrative, as we like to say. So PolitiFact disagrees with what you're posting. Then you are, by definition, spreading misinformation and you must be silenced. That's how it works. So naturally, other media organizations echoed this position immediately. Quote, Kyle Rittenhouse, 17, declared the, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, for instance, quote, was not old enough to legally carry the assault-style rifle he had, unquote. Just stating it as fact, right? And then the entire national media follows suit and told us, the very same thing. The problem was, it was a lie. In fact, under Wisconsin law, which apparently no one in, in any newsroom in America had even bothered to check, 17-year-olds are allowed to carry rifles as long as their barrels meet a minimum length requirement. And Kyle Rittenhouse's rifle met that requirement. So no, Kyle Rittenhouse did not violate Wisconsin's gun law. The prosecution is admitting in in open court that it was legal. He had no he, he had not committed a gun crime and that means that for more than a year big tech and its lackeys throughout our our media have spread misinformation about Kyle Rittenhouse. Well, that's embarrassing, right? What are they going to say now? Well, they're not going to admit it, of course. They're going to make certain that you don't learn about the fact that, they're spread that they are the ones spreading misinformation. Just minutes after the judge in the case dismissed the gun charge, YouTube, which of course is owned by Google, censored the video streams of several independent legal experts who were commenting on the trial in real time. 
these were knowledgeable attorneys, many of whom were critical of the obvious weaknesses in the prosecution's case. And now hundreds of people were watching those streams at the moment that they were canceled. But over concern that Americans might conclude that Kyle Rittenhouse is innocent, YouTube shut them down, citing policy violations. In other words, God forbid people think for themselves, that's not allowed anymore. And if you want to know what's happening in the world, well, you've got to go to MSNBC. They'll tell you. Here we have a 17-year-old kid, underage, said he bought an AR-15 because he thought it was cool. He drove across state, had his mother drive him across state lines. He appointed himself a militia member. He goes around and he ends up unloading, what, 60 rounds? Consider how totally dishonest the summary that you just heard is. Virtually every word is a lie. Kyle Rittenhouse wasn't a militia member. He was a lifeguard. Kyle Rittenhouse did not fire 60 rounds, not even close to that. He was not underaged, as we were just told. He was not in illegal possession of his gun. But most amazing is the claim, which you're hearing everywhere right now, that Kyle Rittenhouse is bad because he drove across state lines. Think about that just for one second. Let's just stop and think about that. So the very same people who have told you for years that borders are the definition of white supremacy now claim it's some kind of moral offense if an American citizen goes and tries to enter a, another state. You're, you're making it sound like Kyle Rittenhouse snuck into a, a, a foreign land under the cover of darkness to murder people. And that's not quite what happened, of course. <laughs> if, you, if you look at a map, you can see Kyle Rittenhouse's, um, where, where he was living, where he, was, uh, where he originated from, his mom's house, the drive from there, which is located in Antioch, Illinois, to Kenosha, Wisconsin. It's 21 miles away. 21. 21 miles away. Now, Gage uh, Grossenkreutz, he's the rider that was shot in the arm. He drove 51 miles to take part in the rioting. As as Kyle Rittenhouse explained on on the stand last week, when mobs set fire to Kenosha, he had every reason to want to defend the city because his father even lived there. So it was, it was something that he, he, wa- he didn't want to see the, the, the place burn down. Now, bet you didn't know that. Bet you hadn't heard that on CNN, nor have any of the people that are hyperventilating about crossing state lines right now <laughs> explain why it's okay for BLM writers and Antifa anarchists to, to come from around the country to burn Kenosha down, as many of them did. And I, I, I thought it was a crime for them to cross state lines, but we don't hear anything about that. But if there is one thing this trial has taught us, it's how completely dishonest and totally misleading so many of the news accounts of what Kyle Rittenhouse did and 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 what what he had, what what the facts of the case were we've known for more than a year for example how rittenhouse first encountered convicted child rapist joseph rosenbaum the first man that he shot 
there are multiple witnesses to that. And most of it's actually even on video. Now, Joseph Rosenbaum had just been released from a mental hospital and, and for some reason decided to join the riot. <laughs> so, so first he lit a fire. Then he began to swing chains around like a weapon. When he saw Kyle Rittenhouse, he threatened to kill Kyle Rittenhouse. And when he chased Rittenhouse in a, in a full sprint, cornering him, and then tried to snatch his gun from his hands, it was at that point that Kyle Rittenhouse fired. Uh, who wouldn't have fired at that point? After, after shooting Rosenbaum, Rittenhouse tried to turn himself into the police, but he couldn't because the mob was howling for his death and chasing him down the city street. One rider knocked Kyle Rittenhouse to the ground. Another smashed him in the head with a skateboard. And a third rider drew a, a loaded pistol, which he was not allowed to have, by the way, unlike Kyle Rittenhouse, and pointed it at Kyle Rittenhouse's face. So at no point was Kyle Rittenhouse the aggressor in the sequence of events. Every move he made was defensive. That's not our interpretation of it. That's what came out from the prosecutor's own witnesses in court. None of these facts are disputed. They all happened. The whole thing is ridiculous, and it got more absurd as the trial progressed. The prosecutor, Thomas Binger, explained that if you take steps to defend yourself, then you have, by definition, given up your right to self-defense. Here's what Binger actually said. I, I know it sounds weird, but this is what he actually said. He said, they have to convince you that, that Joseph Rosenbaum was going to take the gun and use it on the defendant because they know you can't claim self-defense against an unarmed man like this. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. That's what he said. Let's just pause for a second and go through what he said. There's no such thing as self-defense against a man who has no gun? Really? Well, according to the federal government's own statistics, far more people in this country have been beaten to death every year than are killed with an AR-15. So that is a, by definition, ridiculous claim. If an ex-con with a history of violent crime informs you that he's going to murder you and then tries to grab your gun from your hands, you are allowed to respond. In fact, you have to respond because it is it, it would be suicidal not to, obviously. But as a legal matter, all that matters here is whether Kyle Rittenhouse reasonably believed that his life was in danger. And of course, he believed that. I mean, why wouldn't he, right? You would believe that too if you were him. But it's the second part of the prosecutor's lie that tells you the most about how these people think. Here's the quote. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. Wow. Mr. Binger, that is an incredible statement. So no one with a concealed carry permit is allowed to defend himself? What's the point of having a gun if you can't save your own life with it? Well, that's exactly what they're telling you. They're telling you, you don't have that right. You have no right to resist. That's the whole point 
of this whole proceeding, of this whole trial. So the next time BLM sweeps into your town, your neighborhood, your house, maybe to burn it down, to loot it, and and brandishing weapons, you had better not try to protect yourself or your family. Try to protect yourself or your family, and we will charge you with murder. And while we're at it, we'll have the national media call you racist. Here's a guest on that very that very network, MSNBC. In the court of public opinion, they're really arguing that white men, especially white men with a gun, are allowed and have the space to defend and protect a country and a social order that keeps them at the top and a country that they stole from indigenous folks and built with black people's labor. The media is participating and perpetuating this charade because as far as I can tell, the only reason why any of this is allowed is because of the whiteness of it all. In this case, to restate the obvious, no racial angle to the story. There is no racial angle to the story. And if you're looking for proof, consider the fact that everyone involved in this story is the same color. And in fact, in point of fact, the the only bigot on the scene appears to have been Joseph Rosenbaum, the, the child rapist. For some reason, and it's on video, don't take, don't take my word for it, Rosenbaum kept screaming the N-word. And yet, it's Kyle Rittenhouse, who Joe Biden accused of being a white supremacist on the basis of no evidence whatsoever. He even made a campaign video tying Rittenhouse to white supremacy. And let's hope, at some point, he gets sued for that. If you dare to defend yourself in this post-equity country, in this post-BLM nation, you are, by definition, a racist. These people are determined, and they're dangerous. And, at, and, and, and that kind of, of talk degrades the social fabric faster than anything. Anything that you can imagine. Again, there's, there's no racial angle here. Everybody's the same color. So if a white guy shooting another white guy is an example of racism, well, maybe you should tell us how. This is just insane. But there is a bigger question. And here, here is the question. that The, the bigger question here is that it's, it is not being discussed in, in, in many um, circles. That, that question is, what role did the rioters play in the situation that unfolded? These BLM and Antifa rioters are the cause of the situation in the first place. They had been rioting and burning homes and businesses the, the, the whole night before and again into this evening. They started out protesting, which is their right to do. Okay, I have no, no problem about protesting. But as had has played out in so many different uh, cities uh, across the country over the, the last couple of years, the protests devolved into riots. Are these rioters held accountable? No. In fact, the police were holding a line, but not putting down the riot. This is why Rittenhouse had to run so far to get to the police to let them know that he had shot someone. 
Just like in Seattle and Portland and other cities before this incident, the police gave the riders an area that was lawless. It is an area that police will not do anything about what happens there. This is a lawless sector of the city. In Seattle, the chop zone, they called it, ended with two people being murdered. Portland has seen the same thing. City leaders that sympathize with the rioters' position politically do nothing about the lawlessness. Their cities burn and citizens killed, but that's okay because it's for a good cause. So just like the Wild West, when there there is lawlessness, citizens have to do something to protect themselves. Biblically, this is supposed to be the government's job to protect people from evildoers. 1 Peter 2, 13 and 14 says this, quote, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to the governor as, as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. But the government... When the government fails to do this, taking steps to protect yourself is also biblical. Luke twenty two thirty six says, And let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. See, Jesus was talking to his disciples here and telling them that it's good to be prepared to defend yourself. But this is not what the prosecution in the in the Rittenhouse trial believes. As Breitbart points out, prosecutor Thomas Binger praised the mob of Black Lives Matter writers who chased Kyle Rittenhouse through the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin. Quote, the crowd was right. And that crowd was full of heroes, he said in its closing arguments. Prosecutor Thomas Binger made the the unusual argument on Monday that the mob had the right to chase Kyle Rittenhouse after he shot Joseph Rosenbaum and that he had no right to defend himself against them. See, all three of the the alleged victims were, were chasing Rittenhouse at the time. Binger portrayed them as concerned citizens trying to stop and active shooter, though he argued that Rittenhouse could not reasonably believe that the first man shot, you know, the convicted child rapist, Joseph Rosenbaum, could actually disarm him. Binger said the crowd was justified in trying to do so. He argued that Rittenhouse was to blame for choosing to flee Rosenbaum uh, into a, a crowd of parked cars rather than an open field. And he said that Rittenhouse, quote, callously ignored Rosenbaum's plight as he fled the, the crowd after the first shooting. Now, Binger argued that Rittenhouse did nothing to demonstrate to the crowd that he isn't a threat to kill again, saying that he would have fired, war- he should have fired warning shots. <laughs> Therefore, he said, the actions of the mob and the rioters who caused and chased him were entirely reasonable. Binger said that some people in the crowd were uh, were exercising their First Amendment rights, and he called Rittenhouse and other guards wannabe soldiers acting tough 
trying to manufacture some kind, some personal connection to this event, furthering their own personal agenda. See, the crowd that, that chased Rittenhouse included people who had set fires and smashed property during the Black Lives Matter riots. This case illustrates so many things about how leftists think. It is a great example that our country is becoming a country of power and not a country of laws. Our founding fathers set up a judicial system that was based on on a couple of major factors. Number one, that everyone was presumed innocent until proven guilty. It was their idea that it was better to err on the side of, um, of the accused than on the side of the state. In other words, if, if there is a mistake that's going to be made in the judicial system, it was better to not convict a guilty person than to convict an innocent one. And number two, that everyone should be treated the same, no matter who they are. This is why you see the symbol of, the, of Lady Justice holding the scales in one hand and being blindfolded at the same time. Constitutionally, even you, you, you can't make a, a set of laws for one person and another set for another group of people. But leftists want a country based on power, one that gives people, uh, certain people, control based on who has the power. This gives rights to not, not, to, not to everyone, but to those they agree with and who agree with them. This is why district attorneys in many big cities today only prosecute those that are politically opposed to them. This is why they will go after a Kyle Rittenhouse, even though it is a clear case of self-defense. And those that were breaking the law by rioting, looting, burning, and trying to commit murder, well, that's okay. They're heroes. And you may agree with me, you may disagree, and I would love to hear from you on that. And of course, you can always uh, send all comments and, and questions to uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.